This is episode nine of No Tucks Given. Um, to be honest, I'm looking at Nikki. I really don't want to do this intro like that right now, but I do at the same time. Uh, mm. The main event of this episode is going to be the interview with the one and only Tom Villa. Tommy Tom. Tommy Tom. Tommy Boy. Shout out Chris Farley, RIP. That Shout man is Tom absolutely Brady. electric. I'd like to consider us electric right now in a way that we're just we're, we're going to ignore the last dance, okay? You know, episodes eight and or episode seven and eight, absolutely great. But are we going to talk about it right now? No, we're absolutely not going. We're not because Nate was really intoxicated for episode eight, so he kind of caused us to not really see the episode like that. By the way, I'm sitting here with uh, Nikki, mom and dad co-host. This is No Tucks Given, episode nine. That, Please that, feel that. free to give us a little review, uh, maybe a follow, maybe a, 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 subscribe. a subscribe, and. I'd really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Preach. 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 Church. Okay, we're not going to step into that because, I mean, I haven't been to church in forever. I'm a bad person. We're all over the place. Nonetheless. nonetheless at the end of the day. At the end of the day, nonetheless, anyways, 100%. you know. 100%. 100%. You're absolutely right. Most we're just going to break down episodes 9 and 10. We'll give that to you. Uh, it's a day late. Happy birthday, Steve Smith. That man talks shit like no other. I'd like mm. to consider myself a great value Steve Smith when it comes to trash talking. Interesting. Uh, that man knew how to wrestle jimmies. And ice up, son. Ice up. Yep. I mean, I like to think that your jimmies get wrestled just as much as you wrestle them. Uh, I uh, wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, I have a uh, block when it comes to my jimmies being wrestled, except for, for certain times. Rams, new uniforms. They're fucking trash, but they're also kind of fire. I can't really decide. I'd, I'd lean more on the trash side, but... Definitely. I, it, it, you're, you're the Rams. You're the Rams. You're, that team's fucked. You're last Sean McVay, you, you, you peaked, and it's nothing but downhill from here. You're last in your division this coming year, and there's nothing you can do about Ooh, that's it. Ooh, that's a good take. You got the yeah, Seattle, Arizona, and Niners over them. I could easily see that. Yep. I could easily see that. Uh, what else do we got uh, before we just go to the fucking interview? That's what the people want. The people want it. I, we got to give it to them. Hey, I mean, we we gotta, can't stall anymore at this point. You got a new uh, uh, Las Vegas Raider, almost said Oakland Raider, that you were pretty juiced about yesterday? Oh, yeah. Prince Mukamura. I love that signing. If this uh, a Mukamura. A Mukamura. A Mukamura. A Mukamura. A Mukamura. There you go. If this secondary... One hey, more it was, time? It was right all three times. A Mukamura. If this secondary turns, there you go. If this secondary fuck off turns out to be how I think it's going to be, I'm telling you that 12 and four is it's just going to get spoken to existence. They'll be the, the 24th best in the league. Yeah, you're thinking right. No, no, 12 and four because you have good secondary. It kind of reminds me actually because I think the line's going to be very good too. It reminds me of the Eagles the year they beat the uh, who oh the Patriots oh, in the right. Super Bowl. They had that really good D-line, so it made that secondary look good. Guys like Jalen Mills, uh, uh, Trayvon Blanc, I think it is. I don't know if that's his first name. I, I, might, be, I might be wrong on that. But guys that got exposed this past year who, for, for not being as good as they were during that Super Bowl run. Because when you have a good D-line, anything's possible. Sure. Kind of like the Niners last year. You know, I, Some of those guys I've never heard of, but they looked like playmakers because the D-line was that good. Are you saying the Vegas D-line is – is that caliber? Mad Max, Cleveland Farrell. A little hesitant in between Mad Max and I, Farrell. I, I mean, all I need to say is Mad Max. That, that guy alone. I like that. A one I already told you crew. he's having five and a half, 
Jeez, five and a half. Five and a half sacks that week against uh, who was who, who was that against? Maybe the Broncos. I said maybe. Five more like five and a half ass. All right, you're just you're unbelievable. Well, let's just go into the interview. All right, you know, give the people what they want. Tom Villa, Chico State professor, head of the sales program, 109th employee at Verizon. Energy, just a great guy. It was a great interview. Uh, I think everyone's going to enjoy it very much. Yeah, we'll let the listeners be the judge of that, but okay. it, it, it is a great interview. So, once again, follow, subscribe, give us a review, you know, bad, good, you know, you we know. Want, we want to hear it. I want to hear it. Give us your critiques. And by letting us hear it, we'll, we'll make it better. You know, we can only get better at this point. Right, we're only going up. Okay. So slide it in. Throw in that transition thing that you do. We're not stalling anymore? No, throw in that transition thing that you do. What transition thing that I do? Uh, hopefully this sounds good now. Yeah. All right, perfect. perfect. Um, everybody, this is No Text <coughs> Given. My name is Nikki, Mom and Dad. For those of you who don't know, joining me today is my co-host, Tuck Money. And we're here with a very special hello, guest. Hello. We got... Um, Tom Villa, uh, one of our former teachers, and Tom, we just kind of want to give you a little introduction to what we do on this podcast right now. You know, it's kind of early in the morning, we're drinking our coffee, but we start every episode with the beer of the episode, and so today we're drinking Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, and this is obviously the- It is five o'clock in Italy, by the way, Tom, so if you want to crack open a cold one with us, feel, feel free to. Feel free to grab yeah. a beer from the fridge. I don't know what your beer of choice is. Maybe you can uh, enlighten us real quick. Yeah, well, actually, Sierra Nevada is one of my beer of choices, so that's apropos. Okay, awesome, awesome. Is there anyone in particular you that's maybe your go-to? You know, I'm I'm a big porter and stout guy, so there are okay. porters and stouts I love. Awesome, love to hear that, love to hear that. Um, so, yeah, Tuck, let's get into it. Yeah, once again, Tom, uh, obviously, Chico State professor, uh, you're a better guy, though, as well. Uh, give us just like a little breakdown of what you do here at Chico State. Just for sure. the people, for the listeners that don't know about you. Be, ha be happy to. So I run the uh, Cypherline sales program, um, which includes um, overseeing um, the sales classes, um, the instructors and lecturers, staff that support all that. Uh, I also get involved with fundraising for the program. Right now we have close to 30 corporate partners. Um, when I took over the program, we had 24, so we're adding actually more even in spite of this pandemic. Um, and then I lecture as well, so I lecture some of the advanced sales courses. And do you feel like uh, being a sales guy, um, obviously we love the face-to-face, -face, but uh, it's starting to go more the virtual route. Uh, do you feel like the, with the COVID-19 that it might be affecting the sales program a little bit, or is it maybe a blessing in disguise? Um, yeah, I think actually the program's really healthy. In fact, in the fall, uh, we just added uh, for the first time two female lecturers. Um, so we added actually more uh, lecturers to the program because of the demand. Um, and even then we had a waiting list of, I wanna say 60 additional students above those two new classes. So we're starting to see kind of this great increase of demand for the sales program. Um, we have close to 500 students in the program today, and my goal and what I signed up for is to try to get that program doubled in the next three years, even with, you know, a pandemic. And um, so we're well underway of getting the word out. Um, and, and the way you do that, obviously, guys, is you go beyond the business school. So we're now getting the word out to the other colleges on campus that anybody 
needs the fundamentals behind you know a sales background so i don't care if you're a nursing major or liberal arts major engineer geologist you all need to understand sometimes how to negotiate in life and so these courses give people those fundamentals regarding the virtual nature of the class right now to your point um tuck i think it's it is a blessing because most um, virtual selling happens as a step one when you're selling remotely um, anywhere in the country or globally. So you have to start out. No one's going to get on an airplane and pay for that um, just in the hope of having an interested customer. So a lot of sales begins the way we're doing this call today. And only after you develop a relationship and you feel like there's an opportunity then you get on a plane and you go out and fly and meet these folks. So it's very uh, appropriate. And um, it also requires some advanced sales skills, which we're now teaching. Uh, yeah, I love how you bring that all up, Tom. And I know we kind of talked just a second off air about incoming freshmen and kind of the plans for uh, next semester. Can you kind of just give us maybe like a, a, your brief thoughts on how administration has done with this? And I, we all know it's uh, the CSUs across the country and how you feel like it's going to uh, affect everyone moving forward. Sure. I think, um, you know, our chancellor, our, our president, um, uh, our faculty, our staff, everybody is fundamentally and foremost concerned about health and safety, right? Um, you know, we'll get through this time. It, it may take, a, you know, a semester or two, but uh, nobody wants to compromise someone's health and safety uh, to put them in a classroom, you know, too early. So um, I think the announcements are very um, appropriate to that effort. And, um, you know, whether you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, it doesn't really matter. Um, the issue is going to be engaging via technology. You guys are candidly lucky. When I went to Chico 40 years ago, uh, we didn't have this kind of stuff, right? So uh, we would be probably dead in the water 40 years ago. But at least nowadays, um, you can have these interactions. And, and I think it's a, a very effective way to teach anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, kind of want to move on and talk a little bit about your Verizon background. Um, I believe your Verizon career, did it start at AirTouch Cellular? No, it actually started at Pacific Bell. Pacific um, Bell. And then uh, we spun off AirTouch Cellular back in the uh, mid 90s. And then, um, and then after that, over time, we all kind of got together and that became Verizon Wireless. Yeah, can you just talk a little bit about the merger and uh, some of the positions you held at Verizon? Because we know you held a few. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to believe it's been a long time, you know, 32 years of, of a career here uh, in telecommunications. But yeah, I started out at Pacific Bell. All of that work was done in the, the greater Bay Area. So first job was in Walnut Creek and then in San Francisco and in San Ramon. Uh, it wasn't until I accepted the opportunity with AirTouch and uh, I started going overseas. And at that part of the wireless cycle evolution, uh, we were building new wireless networks around the world. So my wife and I were lucky enough to land a, a great opportunity in Madrid, Spain for a year, where we launched the first ever um, cellular network for Madrid, or for actually for Spain. Um, I was able to work uh, in Singapore and in China and Japan and, uh, other parts of Europe doing the same exact thing. India, I spent some time in India launching a network there. Um, and then we came back to um, Texas of all places um, because we wanted to build out the middle of the country 
for the East Coast and the West Coast. And so I uh, worked in Texas for four and a half years and then finally came back to beautiful Northern California. We reside here in Granite Bay and we're able to raise both of our kids um, through all of their schooling years here um, locally. It didn't mean that I didn't travel a lot because I was on airplanes constantly um, around the world, but just um, a very, um, very good career. I'm humbled by it and blessed by it and happy I could take that kind of stuff now, bring it into the classroom. I love to hear that. Where would you say was your favorite spot to go uh, international wise? I don't know. I'm sure it's hard to pick, but if you had to, if you had to say one, what would it be? I'd have to say Madrid, Spain. The, the Spaniards were uh, very close to my Italian uh, background. They, um, they didn't get up until like usually about 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, they'd work a couple hours and then go, go take a little nap for a couple hours and then come back to work until like six or seven. And then the restaurants didn't open in Madrid until 10 o'clock, 1030 at night. Um, so you'd go out, have dinner, get home about two o'clock every morning and then start it all over again. They, they really know how to live. They don't, they don't work to live. They live, they, they, what's the right way to say it? They live, they work to live, not to live to work. Is that right? Not to, yeah, yeah there we go. I get the wrong way. <laughs> so Tom, you, you said that the, the restaurants open around 1030. What about the nightclubs? Uh, they, same thing. They, they start really hopping at midnight or one in the morning. And okay. it's pretty typical, at least back then, four or five in the morning, they're still wide open and people are coming and going. You know, me, me and Tuck have uh, some, some plans to travel once uh, everything's blown away. Uh, any spots in particular in uh, Madrid that you'd recommend? Maybe some nightclubs, maybe some bars? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I would tell you it's been years uh, since I, well, actually I was there last year. That's not right. But I, <laughs> I, I would tell you that uh, if I were you guys and I was your age, I would actually go to the, the beaches. Uh, I'd go to Barcelona. I'd go to Mallorca. I'd go to San Sebastian. Uh, that, that's where I'd hang out if I were you guys. I love it. I love it. Um, we're going to have to take of, that in the uh, notes for sure. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Just to kind of uh, ask a couple more questions about Verizon. Um, any uh, career highlights, whether it's uh, maybe a, a major deal that you were able to score that you, you know, it's a very memorable one. And also maybe, maybe a career mistake or multiple mistakes that you kind of, you know, it, what you changed you as a, as a man and you definitely like, got something out of it yeah i'll take the the latter one first so i mean everybody in life um, makes mistakes right and i think that's something really important for people to understand if the more successful you are i think the more risk you take and with that comes the opportunity for mistakes and i i certainly have had many in my career i think the biggest one i ever made um, was when i was in texas and i was working for the president of um, the company and um, he really wanted me to move with him back to New Jersey. Um, he, he since has become the chairman of the board of Verizon and just retired in the last couple of years. Just a wonderful man, really top notch, full of integrity. But he was starting to hint about moving us to New Jersey. And this is after, keep in mind, you know, we had been in Spain, we had been in other parts of um, you know, Europe, and we had spent four and a half years in Texas. And so my wife was really interested in moving back home to Sacramento where her family's from. So I didn't have a lot of desire to, um, to go to New Jersey, but I didn't handle it the right way. Uh, I ended up getting on an airplane without discussing it with uh, this president and I flew back to California and I met with his boss without telling him. 
and I just uh, met with his boss and said, you know, I really want to come back and work in Northern California. And um, he took care of everything. Um, and the way that my president found out was simply a phone call from his boss that, um, that I had taken another position. And as you can imagine, this person was my mentor, my friend, still is, by the way. But at the time, he was incensed. And so he called security and the police, and they came to my office and had me pack up my office in five minutes in front of everybody oh, with wow. my boxes and uh, escorted out of the building. Wow. And uh, we didn't talk for several years, and then uh, we finally got back together again, admitted we both made mistakes, and uh, we we're very good friends to this day. So, um, yeah, that was a mistake on my part. Now, uh, success, which is, I think, equally as important, um, you know, really just um, being able to uh, be the point person at the end of my career for Verizon when it came to an international partnership between Vodafone, China Mobile, which is the largest wireless company in the world, and then SoftBank um, Japan. So there were four companies, they were interested in doing uh, a worldwide partnership, and I was selected to be the person for Verizon and I got to work um, for at least about a year, year and a half uh, at that time, the richest man in the world. Um, his name was Mayoshi San. He's still alive. He runs the, uh, the Vision Fund for Innovation um, and is uh, just a, a real dynamic um, individual. And so I got exposed to, you know, just a whole different uh, way of thinking and uh, living your life. When you're around billionaires, they, they do not live like us guys. Um, so <laughs> not that I ever want to be one, but it was nice to kind of see some of that. Okay. And I, I also wanted to ask, uh, uh, it might be too personal, but uh, we're, me and Nikki were trying to start getting into uh, stocks a little bit more. Is there uh, any, any shares that you still have with Verizon that you still see to this day having a little success or... Yeah, I mean, you got to be really careful about commenting on publicly traded stock, right? I, I would just say that uh, I'm always going to be indebted to uh, Verizon and my telecommunications experience. Uh, if you look at their stock, this is just public, so I can say it. They've done very well in spite of the pandemic. Um, they aren't going to be doing these huge swings up or swings down. Uh, they stay very consistent. So when you look at the market and how for a while there it went down, what, 33%, I think, with the beginning of yeah. this pandemic, um, that didn't happen to the Verizon stock. And um, they have great leadership. And, of course, I can't help but be biased and say they have the best network in the world. I love to hear that. Uh, I also wanted to ask a little bit about, uh, we know you graduated from Chico in uh, 82, I, I don't want to drop the year, but I had to. You just that's, did. You know, that's, that, that's, when, that's when you graduated. So is there any stories that uh, come to the top of your head that really give you, gave you that Chico experience, maybe pioneer day back in the, uh, back in the day? We, didn't, we don't get that now because some of the uh, accidents that occurred. So Nikki and I, we, we, we're not spoiled with that luxury, but you got any stories that you might be able to tell us about? Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, Chico changed my life, guys. I mean, I um, when I uh, I went to junior college first and was working uh, full time to save money up to go to school, and I I really wasn't a fantastic student. I was kind of a B C kind of student, um, and then I went to Chico and um, really, and I always say this publicly, a couple professors 
uh, took me under their wing. They didn't have to, but they really uh, spent time with me. And it was like a light bulb went on. And, and um, you know, after that, it was, you know, I got my master's and, of course, the career we talked about. But it always goes back to Chico State and professors showing a, a sincere interest, um, which I always told myself if I ever get to the point where I can give back to Chico because of what they did for me, then I would, which is why now I'm, I'm up here teaching. Um, I, I think the Chico brand, you know, is about that uh, interaction, that, that personal relationship. There were many times uh, when I was at Chico where I'd have dinner at professors' houses, you know, you'd go to Salmon Hole with them, you'd, you'd just hang out with them and um, go to the bars. And of course you can't do that kind of stuff anymore, but it, it really, uh, and some of those uh, relationships I have to this day. And um, so I really uh, want to make sure that if you're teaching at Chico now, you don't, you know, yeah, I have that in my mind constantly. It's not just teaching, it's about helping going beyond making sure that if a student uh, needs some guidance or support, that, that's what I'm here to be doing. And I know you've said before too that uh, you feel like Chico State does offer the best type of business program and, and it's that sociability. Um, <clears throat> do you think that that's part of the reason why uh, I guess the uh, business majors flourish here because it's just really good vibes and every, everyone's, I don't want to say going out, but kind of has that experience to them where it really does give them the goods when it comes to that, that communication skill. Yeah, I mean, I, I had the opportunity at Verizon to run the education vertical for a couple of years. So I got to go visit all of these big name colleges around the country. Um, and um, I, I think it's a fact when you come to Chico, I know our classroom sizes are smaller, our faculty are committed to our student success. They truly, I think they absolutely care about making sure that every student gets a quality education. Not that that isn't the case around the country, but when you walk into an auditorium that seats 600 students, um, it's not the same as going into a Chico classroom with 25 or 30. And, um, you know, the professors that are here at Chico, they live in Chico for the most part. They've, they've made a commitment um, to do this as a career. And, um, you know, honestly, guys, they don't make a lot of money uh, compared to going into a corporate setting, right, where you can make millions. You know, they're very satisfied um, just helping students grow. And they have my complete respect. And I, I also think that Chico students, and I've said this in my class, right, Nick? Uh, they're just scrappier. You know, I, I, I go to competitions now for sales. And, you know, you get somebody from a big-name college, and um, they, uh, they're not as scrappy. They're not as hungry. <laughs> they, they don't want it as much. They don't need it as much. But our Chico students do. No, I love that. And I totally agree. I think um, we're cut from a different cloth and it really kind of stands out when it comes to getting jobs and the whole job hunting process. Tom, just give us a, maybe a quick rundown on the, the party life and back then and compared to now, like, do you see a, a resemblance? I, I know you don't live in Chico, but do you, uh, do you see maybe uh, it, they're being very similar or a very different kind of atmosphere environment in regards to like partying and that social drinking atmosphere? Yeah, you know, I, uh, what drives me crazy is when somebody defines uh, my college as a party school, because um, every, every college is, has got parties, right, guys? I mean, it doesn't matter where you're at in the world, you're going to have access to that. When, when I went to Chico, uh, and don't, don't get mad at me for telling you this, but I actually was an RA. Uh -oh. Oh, Tom. Oh, you were doing hey, no, so I mean, good. This was going so well. 
no, so we love we love a good RA. Some standards within Shasta Hall. Um, and I also uh, discovered martial arts in, in Chico. So I, I kind of took a different path. I, I was really into training and um, health. And uh, I enjoyed a beer course once in a while. But uh, my focus was really kind of in a different place. Uh, now, having said that, when I left Chico, I went to work for the wineries for a couple of years. Um, because they got a great couple classes at Chico Sill to teach you about appreciation for wine and how wine is actually you know made and so i thought i was going to be a heck of a salesperson in the wine industry and i did that for several years um and that exposed me to you know kind of alcohol at a different level it was uh you know how to really um understand the nuances of great wines you know and people that make them and also food that you should always you know think about when you when you buy certain wines um, it just nice kind of made me a little more sophisticated. Yeah. And by the way, I took that on to beer. So when you, know, when you drink beers, um, you know, I try to think about, okay, how am I going to pair a beer with something? You know, if I'm going to have a, a, you know, something that's maybe Chinese food, I'm probably not going to have a porter with it. it it's going to just cloud right. my Chinese food. Tom, have, so have you ever you been go to a bar? Uh, 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 go sorry, ahead, sorry, Tuck. Real, real quick. Tom, have you ever been to Riley's? Oh, yeah. Okay, just making sure because I know I know Riley's has opened up a, a little after you left, but I'm assuming. Yeah, you, no, I've you... been to Riley's. Um, the only time I went, I went there one time after I started teaching here a year or two ago, Nick, and that was a mistake because everybody I was teaching was in Riley's. Yep. And everybody oh, no. wanted to buy me a drink, and I'm like, I had to run out of there before uh, before too long. But you know, the beer, the beer was my hangout. Um, there used to be a place called the Graduate. Uh, which I think is closed now. Mm -hmm. um, La back then was a, a great place to go. And also there used to be next to mom's, there used to be an underground uh, Mexican restaurant called La Fonda's that actually had a live band every night. And oh, wow. so you know, you'd go there and, and hang out. Uh, but you know, Chico hasn't changed a whole lot downtown since <laughs> when I was here 40 years ago. It's still a great place. Now remind me, Nikki, isn't there uh, in the, a new underground restaurant over there by Mom's? Uh, is that the same place, Peking's? I'm thinking of the Chinese uh, restaurant. Or is that, that that's yeah, else? that's the Chinese restaurant. That's Peking's. Is that downstairs? Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Very uh, popular place for sake bombs and kind of like a cheap Chinese dinner. Okay, I'll have to go check it out sometime. When you, when you go to a bar, so you talked about the beer and wine, what, what would be your go-to? Are you a beer guy or wine guy or a cocktail guy? I know it's hard probably to pick, but Tom walks into a bar. What's it, what's his go-to? Uh, it depends where I'm at in my training, right? Cause I still train to this day. Safe um, answer. So, uh, you know, I, uh, in the winter time, I love a good single malt scotch. I won't deny that. Um, like but that. I'll just tell you for the record, uh, nothing anymore to excess. You know, I'm, I'm an old guy. You guys are the young puppies. You know, old guys, <laughs> you know, you got to be really careful about uh, overdoing anything, including eating, by the way. Uh, this only thing about this pandemic is I can't go to the gym. So I'm trying to be creative now about, okay, what else can I do to keep my body fit? And, um, and by the way, that means cutting back on consumption because, you know, if you don't at my age, it starts really showing really fast. And you did way, mention that you're- I will tell you this, not to interrupt you, but you guys, if you like no, beer good. so much or wine, you should try to make your own. 
it's not a bad idea. See, Nikki, we've never thought about that. We've never thought about that. It's, I feel like it's we can not make a bad idea. No, yeah, it's, uh, it's really fun to do. And uh, I, I make beer with my buddies and wine with a family. And, uh, you know, I think once you start doing that, you get an appreciation for, you know, the chemistry behind all of it. No, I like that. Honestly, I know you mentioned earlier about the martial arts and uh, that, I guess that kind of plays into the exercising too. You have the uh, double black belt, I believe it is. Are you maybe throwing in a couple karate kicks at home nowadays? I know you've mentioned uh, Chuck Norris in class that you met him. Uh, when it came down to the streets, would you would you maybe be able to take on Chuck Norris with that double black belt? <laughs> uh, no, and I don't think ever in my wildest moment would I be able to do that. By the way, I didn't meet Chuck <laughs> Norris, but uh, um, I was always a huge Bruce Lee fan in high school. Um, and Dave Kovar, who is uh, somebody who came up to uh, you know help us in class this semester, and he's a mentor. Uh, he's like a 12th degree black belt, by the way. But yeah, no, I, I um, what, Chico, what people don't know about Chico is that it used to be kind of this hub for a certain kind of jujitsu uh, called Koden Khan Jujitsu. It still maybe I don't know, but but 40 years ago when I went to school there. Um, you know, it was definitely a place to train. And I just, I really fell in love with the philosophy of it, guys, more than the kicking and the punching. Uh, that's really the secondary stuff, right? It's more about how to wake up every morning and stay focused on, um, you know, how you can live a better life and how you can serve others. Um, so, you know, I know that might sound a little bit funky, but um, I'm, that's really important to me. And uh, I want to make sure that I train, hopefully, for the rest of my life. I, I stopped training. I got injured a couple of years ago, and I was just working on my third degree. And I'm just now at a point, health-wise, where I'm back to normal. So I, uh, I'm planning on getting that third degree uh, one way or the other. I hope I don't come into the – well, actually, it's good that the classes are virtual. They won't see me with a black eye or things <laughs> like that. So that's good. It's, no, no I, you said you said it was funky. It's it just sounds like you have that winner's mentality. Uh, we know you're a Cowboys fan. Do you think they're going to do any winning this year or what? Well, first of all, I just want to say for the record that the Cowboys are the only natural team uh -oh. in the NFL. They they don't take any drugs or do any alcohol. They are a oh, wow. team. All right, let's just start with that. Okay, the, the good boys. Yeah, they're good boys, and uh, yeah, Hot I take. think this is our year. I think this is our year. I think the 49ers completely flubbed it last uh, Super Bowl. That was theirs. And they oh, won. we love to hear that. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> so I'm excited for the Cowboys, although there uh, may be nobody in the stadium. You know, we'll all be watching them on television or something. Tom, I want to I want to back up real quick about this uh, Chuck Norris comment because you definitely mentioned to us in class one time you had Chuck Norris on a slide and you, you told us that you met him and that'd be a conversation for another time. So now you're admitting that I, I believe you are a very honest man, but you're admitting now that maybe you didn't meet him. Can you maybe give us like a prominent person you've been able to meet throughout your life, your career, maybe someone that, uh, you know, meant a lot to you that we'd be intrigued by? Sure. Well, first of all, this is why you were in my class, Nick, because I'm working on your listening skills. That's what. That's why. Dave Kovar actually, <laughs> Chuck Norris, not Tom Villa. Uh, and if you read Dave Kovar's book, he actually has a whole chapter dedicated to Chuck Norris. But that aside, all right. So listen in class, Nikki. Yeah. We'll do. Yeah, we'll you do. just got to stay focused in my class the entire time. It's important. Um, <laughs> All right, so that being said, somebody who I met uh, that was, I guess, important to me, is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, maybe like a, a prominent name. You know, um, I, I couldn't really give you a prominent name. I, I've been uh, really blessed to have met a lot of people around the world. Sure. Um, and so um, I, I think what I get excited about when I talk about meeting people is I like I like the diversity and the cultures that are diverse. Um, and one thing about being up in Chico is that, um, you know, we kind of are in this Northern California geographical area, which is wonderful. But I remember when I graduated from Chico, I, I just felt like I needed more exposure to other ways of thinking, which is why I went to the University of San Francisco immediately and got my master's. But the international work really, you know, helped me to understand what it's like to be a minority in a different country. When you're in a room and you're the only uh, white guy, um, you know, maybe you're in a room full of Indians or um, Spaniards or um, folks from Singapore or China or Japan, I think everybody should have that kind of exposure in their life because first of all, it makes you feel um, a little uncomfortable, but also it makes you understand more about who you are and how you were raised. Sure. And I think it makes you appreciate um, people around you that have diversity of mind and thought. And um, I know in my career, it helped me tremendously because um, you we shouldn't be afraid of somebody who thinks differently or looks differently or acts differently. We should embrace that, bring that in. And uh, those people will help you be a better, you know, manager and person in general. So no specific, you know, celebrity, I guess I would say, Nick, but, but in aggregate, that would be my answer. Sure. Um, I'm just trying to think of... Uh, that was maybe, poetry. That, that was poetry. Maybe... Um, just Chuck Norris comment, you know, that, that, was, that was not poetry, you know. Have, but, have you met a... Yeah, I, I, wish, I wish I would not have said that. If I, if I had known that this wasn't a fact and Nikki just was daydreaming in class, then yeah, I, man, I probably Nikki, wouldn't have dropped it. I'm sorry, Tom. I'd just be happy if he comes on time, you know. <laughs> I guess I was talking out of my ass on that one. Sorry, that part part, of, part of my French, part he, of my French. He, 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 he mentioned that off air too, that uh, he started showing up like a minute or two late. And then the next class, you, you called him out on it. He showed up 10 minutes early, and then you were the one who showed up on 10 o'clock on the dot. Yeah, you know, well, I get the privilege. When, you, when you're like a right. like martial arts, you know, when you're a black belt, you, you don't get challenged by a brown belt, right? You, right. You, oh, you I, love I like that. to say I'm more of a blue. <laughs> there you go. Tom, have you uh, – trying to, trying to think of uh, – you maybe mentioned one time in class that uh, you've met uh, Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell actually came to um, Verizon Building he met you. Innovation Center. He met and, you. He met you. You didn't meet him. He came to you. No, he came to our Innovation Center in San Francisco. Wow. And um, it was really an exciting time. Um, I think Roger Goodell was very, still is very interested in the impacts that happen to football players, you know, that are causing, um, what's that, that syndrome, you guys were? Concussion. CTE. Yeah, yeah, CT. So he was interested in, is there a way to put like chips um, and technology into helmets that would immediately um, evaluate the impact of a hit? Um, and of course I retired after that, so I don't know where they took it from there, but I, th I thought it was a really good dialogue to, to think about the commissioner of football really cares enough to try to find out what's going on there. And I, I, I think now they're moving towards that kind of stuff. 
No, very interesting. A lot, a lot of, a lot of people, I mean, we're, we're big football fans here on this podcast. A lot of people uh, perceive him as kind of a bad guy. Um, so Ooh. it's kind of interesting to hear you have show like a, maybe a different light of Goodell that people don't really get to see. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And I guess I would challenge you guys, uh, whoever's listening to, to not think of it that way. When someone's in leadership, I don't care if you're the president of the country, president of a corporation, you know, commissioner of football. Yeah, it's a very difficult role to be in. And, you know, the old saying, you don't don't judge somebody until you do what they do. So I just, uh, I look at somebody in leadership, any leadership, and I say, okay, you know, hey, at least they uh, are trying. At least they took the role to try to do something. And, um, you know, they'll have my support until they, they prove themselves otherwise. So, you know, right now, everybody's kind of pointing the finger at, you know, this pandemic and where, where it started and all that. But I think what's really um, good to focus on is everybody's trying to come together um, to um, to make a, this a safer and healthier place. And that feels good to me. I know we're all kind of pigeonholed right now in the houses, but, you know, I don't know about you. I've gotten a lot closer to my neighbors and stuff since this thing started. You know, we're out every night on the driveway, six feet apart, you know, talking about hey, I like to hear that. Yeah, you gotta, you got to be socially distant. Just yeah, to kind of wrap things up, Tom, uh, obviously with, with the uh, pandemic going on, a bunch of good TV on at any given moment. Have you been watching uh, a little bit of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, or do you got to go go to a TV show that you like right now? What do you, what, what do you and the wife like to watch? Oh, my God. Well, then you brought Carol in here, by the way. It's a whole different conversation. So my <laughs> wife is an artist. You know, she plays, uh, teaches piano, guitar, and ukulele full time. So... Every, every time you can watch American Idol or any of these entertainment shows, she'll be planted watching that. I, I care not to. So uh, I like old movies, and that's what I, unless there's some kind of sporting event, I'm really watching old movies. That's really the thing that I, I enjoy. But even then, it's not a whole lot. I, I will tell you, I watch Star Trek um, to this day. I'm a Star Trek kind of guy, and I, I like the episodes. Yeah, old old Italian movies, some mob movies, maybe. I know me and Tuck are big Goodfellas fans, Casino, Scarface, Godfather. Yeah, you know, I've watched all those things. Uh, you know, not not all the time though, of course. But uh, no, I'd rather cook Italian than than watch Italian. So I, I like that. I could. Italian I cook. agree there. There you go. Well, well, shoot. What's the go-to Italian dish you love to cook? Ah, my favorite is. Sounds like Carol's spoiled, by the way, with this great food. Well, she's a good cook too, but she's uh, she's not Italian. She's Austrian, so there's a whole <laughs> different thing there. Um, now, my favorite Italian meal is called Bunyakalda. You guys should make this. I made this one time in the dorm at Shasta Hall, and uh, people did not like the smell, unfortunately. But it's um, it's a fondue, and you put in butter, olive oil, and tons of garlic, and then anchovies, and that's the base. And then you cook that up until it breaks apart. And then you dip in cabbage and mushroom and uh, raw meats like chicken or, or red meat, um, cauliflower, peppers. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, the so, opportunities are endless. Yeah, you just can't eat it a lot because it's full of uh, you know uh, cholesterol. So you know, a couple sure. times a year we'll have that. But I challenge you guys to, uh, to make that while you're still in college and see how your friends react. Are you a red sauce or pesto kind of guy? I'm both. You got to pick one. 
Uh, I'm red then. I'll say red. Okay. I know yeah. Tuck's a big pesto hey, guy. Fancy. I'm a big fan of the meat sauce myself. Fresh garlic, the whole shebang, some fresh tomatoes. There you go. There you go. I love it. And now you're making me hungry, you guys, and it's only what time? Uh, you know, 10.40 in the morning. What do you got on uh, your schedule for the rest of the day? Uh, I'm actually, it's funny you're saying that. I, um, I've got to line up some meetings with some corporate partners that are uh, interested in um, coming on board for the program. And then my sister lined up. Um, we grew up in a neighborhood in Concord um, that uh, had about 36 kids in this one court. And so she decided during the pandemic to have a Zoom call for all 36 kids. Okay. So that is from three to five today. And some of these people we have not talked to for literally 40 years. Um, so we're all going to get on a Zoom call together and, and, and have a little mini reunion, you know, virtual style. Might shed a tear. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Tough men never break. Tom, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, this was great. You did amazing. I hope we did well enough to uh, satisfy the high needs that uh, you always expect. Uh, better teacher, great guy, better teacher, or excuse me, great Whoa. teacher, better guy. I'm there all over go. the place now. Uh, Nikki, go ahead, give, yeah, give your final thoughts. Once again, Tom, thank you so much for this. And I just hope you and the family keep staying safe. Yeah, we, we appreciate you, Tom. Um, I know you've been a mentor to a lot of students in the past two semesters that I've had you. And um, I know you're going to continue doing a, a great job at the head of the, the sales program. And uh, again, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it as well. And uh, hey, I'm expecting big things out of both of you. Okay, so go for it. Go Wildcats. You guys have a great day. All right. We appreciate you, Tom. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you, Tom. Guys, again, that was Tom Villa. Uh, just a hell of a guy. What a great interview. Um, we appreciate him joining us today. I am Nikki, mom and dad. No, and no, I don't, know, I don't want to sign off yet. I want to talk about Mr. Taekwondo on Twitter, that video we saw. Just, just real quick. Oh, the, the, the nerd versus the, the homeless guy? Yes. Shot to the ribs, broken. That roundhouse kick might have got him in the face a little bit. Do you have sources saying that there was, in fact, um, a fractured rib? I saw on Twitter there was a fractured rib, a broken nose. This is for the homeless guy. And then I think the other guy broke his arm. And that, that was what was said on Twitter. His arm or his hand? They said his arm. And I think it was when the two-by-four hit him and he fell back and like put his arms down to catch himself. And it was just an awkward-ass landing. And it did it to him. Honestly, I forgot about the two-by-four part of the video. I just remembered the, the original. But yeah, the two-by-four, that, that did happen. Sometimes you get hurt like that. And... It's like that video, Greg Jennings, that kind of reminded me when I did that, sound, you know, going in the mind of Greg Jennings. <laughs> I got to do this shit. I, I got to do this shit. Torn hamstring, broken leg. I'm taking it to the house. I'm going oh. against the hardest hitter, Darren, Darren Chopper. Oh, man. Absolutely right. Enough of the rambling. We just, we're like, I've been trying to, I've, I'm just trying to be electric. Okay? We're, we're stalling on our outro. It, that, that's fine because the, you got to just keep listening. Just keep listening. It might be go, might go on longer. It might stop now. Nikki, cut it. No, don't cut it yet. You know, at any given moment, we could stop. No tucks given. Thank you, everyone. Keep listening. Follow, subscribe, and write us a review. Thank you, Nikki. No tucks, no tucks. Tuck, tuck, tuck.